Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 51 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, Rachel and I are going to be answering two listener questions, so let's hear the first one. Hi, um, my husband is an alcoholic and also has a lot of anger towards the church and um, my religious beliefs. Um, And there's also a lot of emotional abuse in our home. We have three toddlers and um, I have been a stay-at-home mom and I just find it really hard in our marriage um, to raise three kids in a Christian way when my husband has a lot of anger towards my beliefs, um, as well as the alcoholism and um, the emotional abuse. I guess my question is, how long do I keep hoping that he will he will change? We've been separated for quite a few months now, and um, I just don't know how to cope with all of that, um, the spiritual, emotional, and then the alcoholism on top of that, and his extreme hatred towards my faith. Um, how long do I, I mean, I'm really just at a loss of words um, for how to deal with this. And I just feel like the alcoholism is just the tipping point for me. Any advice would be um, really great. Thank you. Natalie, I remember the feeling of desperation and confusion and just not knowing what to do when, um, I think it was in the time I was leading up to, I was in home separated, but leading up to out of home separation and so desperately wanting to see change in my husband, but also um, coming to the realization that that change was not happening. And my heart just goes out to you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Um, This is really hard stuff. And I'm glad you reached out um, to get help. But one thing, first of all, there is alcoholism in my family of origin. And that is a whole other amazing, horrible issue on top of the other things that you're dealing with, including emotional abuse and everything. I would encourage you to go get connected with a local Al-Anon group. There's chapters all over the country. There are people there who understand all of the um, things that come along with alcoholism, including emotional abuse. You're going to find people who understand what's going on. And you can start um, getting support for uh, setting down boundaries with his alcoholism. And of course, if you're not a member of the Flying Free Sisterhood, I would encourage you to do that to get um, support for from other women of faith who um, are experiencing emotional abuse. And there's quite a few women in the group, Natalie, if I remember, that also have um, husbands who are addicts on top of mm-hmm. the abuse. Right. My husband, um, <laughs> this was, uh, it's amazing because you got all ends of the spectrum. He had never touched a drop of alcohol in his life. And it was a big point of pride for him. He was, he thought of himself um, as too pure um, and, and wouldn't defile himself with alcohol. And that was one of the things that my mother-in-law pointed to when she was asking me to put up with all the other stuff was that, oh, at least he's not out drinking and smoking and running around on you. 
Um, so that's besides the point. I would just encourage you to get support you need and, and to get clarity and to get really truthful about where you are. Do you want to be married to him? Do you want to stay and wait for a change that might never come? Maybe he'll decide that he needs to go to AA. Maybe he needs to sober up. He needs to deal with his own issues. I, um, that, that does happen with some alcoholics when you've got emotional abuse on top of that. Um, a lot of times what Natalie and I see is they don't, they don't change because it's that toxic pride. Like in the case of my husband and Natalie's husband, that they just, it, it's the very thing that keeps them from being able to humble themselves and repent, which is the thing that they need most. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to decide how much, how long you're willing to wait. And maybe it's, you know, I'll give him another three months. And if by the time um, that I see some progress, then maybe we can keep reevaluating. Or if there's no progress, that's when I'm going to file. Um, I would, if you do decide to um, give some sort of time limit, don't let him know. Don't share that with him because mm-hmm. that, that will be used to manipulate you. Um, make it just internal, maybe between you and a counselor. Um, or you can say, I, I'm done now. I, I can't put up with this anymore. I need to be able to raise my kids the way God is leading me to raise my kids in the Christian faith. Um, and I need to get them away from the, the horrible example that their father is setting. Or, um, you know, this is a really personal decision. And one of the things that is so, so hard for us when we've been emotionally abused is really getting in touch with what we truly think and truly feel and truly need. And um, for me, it was easier to think about my son's needs and then, and then use that to get in touch with how I really felt. His needs were my priority. And then that led me into like the, this amazing, um, like ridiculous idea that my needs were also important. (laughs) Um, I keep using the word amazing. That's not really the word that I think is appropriate here. um, (laughs) We get what you're saying though. Yeah. 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 So um, this is something, I mean, Natalie, I, I remember you talked about how you went away for a weekend to a hotel just by yourself and you were looking back over your old journals and really thinking and praying about what to do next and you gave yourself some space, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yes. I mean, this. Th- it sounds like this uh, lady is, has toddlers. So she's younger. Yeah, that may not probably, be. She's probably like, you know, your age or maybe mm-hmm. even younger. Um, and I was a lot older when this happened. My kids were older, but well, some of my kids were older. Um, so I had, and I was also an avid journal journaling person and not everyone does that, but yeah, the journals helped definitely helped me to see, cause I would write in my journal and then I'd put my journal away and I never reread anything. So when I went back through all of those journals, it was like, it slapped me upside the head as I realized, wow, I've been living with this forever and ever and ever. I've been trying to get help for years and years and years from other people. And I've tried to do my own changing and tried to do my own fixing and nothing. It's still exactly the same problem, only worse now because it's been so many years. Um, And it's never going to change. I just realized I'm facing a future of it possibly never changing. I think you said too, Rachel, before we even started talking, um, when we were off the the air, you said, you know, if, if getting separated doesn't help them to see their need for change, then what's going, you know, what will? Yeah. Although I really think that honestly, I think 
even separation and even setting boundaries with people like this, we kind of hope that it's going to wake them up. But that's really aesthetic outward change then. It, a lot of times they do. Like it doesn't sound like this particular man, it's really made any difference in his life. But a lot of guys will go, oh, well, you know, I don't want to lose my target. So I'm going to go through the hoops and make it look like I've changed. Yeah. But they, they don't really change on the inside and therefore it's just aesthetic. And then yeah. when, you, when the woman gets back together with him, then of course it goes back to the same old, same old. And then she's faced with having to do the whole thing all over again. Right. So, so change over a long period of time. If it's, if it's genuine, it will happen over a long period of time. It will be consistent. My ex-husband was able to show some things that I had longed for, for a long time in our relationship, because he knew that was important to me. But underneath it, there was still the, um, the toxic manipulative controlling behavior and I had to get really honest about that because I, I really didn't want to see it, um, but it was there and it was really hard. Uh, I wanted him to change. I wanted him to be the person I knew I thought that he could be, or I thought right. that he was. Right. One of the, so here's a couple of key things to look for if you're looking for changes. There's actually lots of articles out there on the web, on my website and other websites that talk about change, you know, what specifically to look for and they go into great details. But if, but overall in general, you could, if you just want to make it super simple and boil it down to, you know, the bare minimum of what to look for, what you need to see is that they, number one, that they actually really do, they really are impacted by the depth of the destruction that they have caused. They're, they are impacted by it. That means that they go, whoa, I have really wreaked havoc on this relationship and I really have not seen you or known you or understand what I've done to you. And wow, when, when they really see it for real, if they ever really saw it for real, they would be so devastated by the destruction that they've caused in the relationship, that they would be giving you all the space you needed. They would not be demanding that you, you know, forgive them right this minute. They would not be making any demands on you at all. All the demands and all the responsibility would be on them. Okay. They, they themselves would put it on them, not other people, they themselves. You wouldn't have to put them on it on them. You would not have to make a list of all the things that they did because they would be personally convicted inside of their own hearts for what they've done. And then secondly, they would see you, they would begin to see you and you would feel this. Trust me, you'd feel this. They begin to see you as a separate human being from them. So their respect for you as a separate human being would show up like your voice would actually matter to them in every aspect of it. Your opinion would matter to them. Your perspective and the way you look at the world would matter to them and they would have honor and respect and care for that. And, and so that when you shared your thoughts and your opinions and your perspective, they would take that to heart rather than deflecting, blaming, whatever. One of the things, one of the keys that I decided at the very end of my relationship I decided that I would know that my husband had changed, had an inner transformation when he could stop saying, but Natalie, you're partly responsible. Mm -hmm. When he could actually stop mutualizing the abuse and start taking responsibility for it, that's when I knew. Because I had been taking 
100% responsibility for everything in our marriage, our entire marriage. And he hadn't taken any of it. And so what I was requiring is for him to take his part. And he couldn't do that. He could, he could only say, well, I'll only take my part, but you have to take your part. And I was trying to say, hey, buddy, if you can't see that I've already taken my part and your part for 25 years, then you haven't, then you haven't seen anything. You haven't seen it. You, you, won't, you refuse to see it. And if you refuse to see it, you won't be able to really change. You won't be able to really get help. And so he was going to counseling to a Christian counselor, unfortunately. And of course, they were just coddling him and enabling him and buying into his story. And, um, and, and rather than him actually being honest with that counselor and saying, you know what, here's how I've screwed up. And I really need you to help me to be better. I need you to help me to see what inside of deep down inside of my attitudes and my heart that I've got a problem with that I am, that is showing up in these behaviors and attitudes that I have towards my wife and my children. And that counselor was never, probably never even got a chance to go there because my ex-husband wouldn't, was not himself willing to go, to go there. Mm-hmm. So, so I would just say to this particular woman, and then we'll probably move on is that, um, you know, she asked specifically, how long do I keep hoping he will change? Well, you can, that's up to you. You can keep hoping that he'll change until you're old and gray, but that, that your hope for his change is not going to do that. That's, it's really kind of irrelevant how long you hope or how much you hope it's irrelevant. You get to decide how long or how much you're going to hope that he'll change. Yeah. Um, and you know what, Natalie, though, too, it, it, it's not about, oh, I love him versus I don't love him. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is separate from someone permanently and allow them to face the consequences of their own behavior. That is the most, that's the, in their best interest. Yep. And you have to keep that in mind when you're, when you're thinking through these things. Yes. So there's, so did you talk about the Al-Anon at the beginning? I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. We are going to, did you have anything else to say or should we move on to the next? No, I just, I just want to share my heart for this woman. Like she, I just, I, I hope that you get the guidance that you need from our father and that you can make the decisions you need to make for the best um, interest of you and your kids and yeah. for your, well, your husband. And also you need to know that this is the quintessential question that every woman that goes through this has. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have, this is just part of the, part of the process. Everybody goes through it. And then at the end of and what, what I tell people is you'll know when you know. Yeah. You know what? You'll just know. And you have to follow your you have to follow your inner heart when it says, you know what? You can't do this anymore, honey. It's time to move on. Is this content resonating with you? I've written a book for women of faith and destructive relationships called Is It Me? Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage, a Christian Woman's Guide to Hidden Emotional and Spiritual Abuse. You can read reviews and find out more about my book on Amazon.com. It comes in paperback, Kindle, and Audible formats. And new for 2020, I've created a companion workbook for Is It Me, also available on Amazon. This workbook is like 11 power-packed therapy sessions to help you process through the important material you'll be learning from my book. These books are recommended by counselors and therapists all over the United States. I've also got a website specifically focused on helping women of faith find hope and healing. It's called flyingfreenow.com. 
I'll even give you the first chapter of my book and the first chapter of my companion workbook for free when you hop on my mailing list at the top of my website. Those two resources are going to help you figure out if your relationship is normal or destructive. And now let's get back to our episode. So, okay. Um, we're going to listen to the next question. My ex is dating a flying free lady. He was verbally, emotionally, and spiritually abusive during our almost 23 years of marriage. And he is still emotionally abusive to my kids. Thankfully, they're old enough to recognize the behavior. My situation is a little different from most women in these situations, as everyone surprisingly took my side during the divorce. Even his own family took my side. My in-laws and my sister-in-law, whom I'm very close to, are still very connected with me and my kids. I saw on Facebook that this woman and I have some flying free friends in common, and she likes the flying free page which probably means she came from an abusive situation. I've struggled with whether or not to reach out to her because I know he can be very charming and I'm not sure if she would believe me. At this point, my ex leaves me alone and I don't want him coming after me or the kids if he thinks I said anything to her. I'm not sure what to do. I would hate for another flying free lady to have to live through what I've lived through for the past 22 years, looking for advice on how to handle this situation. What a crazy situation. <laughs> the, the flying free community has gotten so big that now we've got people who know each other tangentially. Um, yeah, it's weird. That is weird. Okay, so this is an, a really tough question. And I think for this woman who's asking, um, it's up to you. You are not obligated to uh, share with her about your experience with your ex. But if you do choose to, I would make sure that you do it with good boundaries. So that looks like, um, you know, maybe you don't even have to, to say it from your own perspective. You could say, I know someone who was married to him and this was her experience. You don't even have to admit that that it was you. Um, or you could, you could, if you wanted to, it's, it's really up to you. But if you do, I would just, state the facts and let her decide what she wants to do. Um, and if she responds poorly, that's not on you. That's on her. That's on your ex-husband. You are just doing this out of love, um, and for her well-being. And, um, I think that it would be fine either way. It's really up to you. Yeah. I, and two, we have to remember that everyone well, th this woman who's dating your ex, she, she has no idea at this yeah. point. And so, yeah. and, and whenever you date, if you're for all of those, for those of you who are divorced and you're in the dating scene again, you're going to, there, it's inevitable that you may date, uh, a naughty man. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. you're not going to know, obviously we're, we can't mind read. We don't know, you know, we're not, soothsayers. So we're going to date these guys. And then hopefully if we've done our work on the back end, we'll eventually be able to figure out, okay, th there's something off about this guy. I'm not going to date him anymore because I can tell that things are probably not going to go well for me. And then we, we release that person or we release ourselves, I should say. But so it's a process. So maybe this person would figure it out on their own eventually, but 
and you maybe don't need to even say anything, just let them go through the process. But, but I guess, I guess if, if this was me, Rachel, I would probably do what you suggested. I'd probably send them a private message and just say, Hey, I know someone I may, I don't think I'd reveal that it was me. I know someone in the flying free group who was married to that man and she's in the flying free group now. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if she is part of the, the group, she should know what that means. Right. Exactly. And hopefully and she gets will... to decide. Yeah. You know, she gets she to decide. Does. So, and I, and I wouldn't even say what you, what she needs to do. I wouldn't say like, I would not, not I wouldn't get, get dramatic and go, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you got to get rid of him. Yeah. He's really bad Run news. Away. He's so yeah. bad. I would just let her just assume that other people have the wisdom and the discernment to figure things out for themselves. Because here's the thing, even if she knew that he was a bad person, if she's not done her work on the back end, she's, she may not care. Yeah. She'd be like, you know what? I don't care. I can fix him. Or uh-huh. he, maybe he's going to be great with me. And mm-hmm. um, you know what? That's her choice. She has every right to make that choice. And we, no, none of us has the right to say you can or can't do that. So, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things we try that we're learning in Flying Free is that we respect the rights of other people, including our husbands, to make the choices they want to make, even if those choices are crappy. Yeah. They get they get to make those choices, but we also get to make our own choices. All right. So mm-hmm. we respect their we respect our husband's right to behave the way he behaves, but then we also respect our own right to say, I'm not gonna tolerate that. I'm gonna leave this relationship. If you can't change, I respect my right to leave then. Right. So anyway, that's all uh, that's all wrapped up in boundaries. So I think Yeah, pray for wisdom because God promises he's going to give us wisdom when we ask. So pray for wisdom and you're going to do the right thing, no matter what you choose. Right. And I think, um, I think too, we could have a little bit of a discussion before we close here on what it means to get ourselves to like, now we're talking not to this woman, but we're talking to anyone who is thinking about or wants to someday be in a relationship with someone else that you really do need to get to a healthy place yourself. And that means that you need to be super good with you. You need to be super comfortable in your own skin. You need to be, well, I shouldn't say that it doesn't. Okay. I'm not talking about perfection by a long shot because no, none of us are ever going to get to that place of total and perfect healing. And just, we all just know the exact way to respond in every circumstance. And we all just, you know, that that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about overall in general, being comfortable in your own skin, being comfortable saying, no, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, I do want to do that. And being comfortable with the fact that someone else is not going to like that. Like they're being comfortable with tolerating their disapproval and also being comfortable with when they, if they don't tolerate, like, let's say, I'll just give like a really simple example. Let's say that you're dating someone and they want, uh, um, they've asked you where you want to go and you say you want to go to this restaurant. And we've given this example before, but, or let's say that it's a movie. Okay. I want to go to this movie. And the other person says, um, well, I don't, I don't want to go to that movie. I want to go to this movie. And so you say, and you really do not want to go to that movie. Let's say it's a horror movie and you just hate horror movies. And you say, you know what? 
I know you want to go. You might have to go by yourself because I don't do horror movies. And um, they say, well, well, fine then. If you're not going to be like, if you're going to be like that, and then they kind of pout and have a cow or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. you need to be comfortable with being okay with their pouting and having a cow and also evaluating whether or not you want to stay with someone who pouts and has a cow when you don't go to a specific movie. If you can't find a compromise movie that you can both go to, then I I don't, honestly, I don't know if this guy's for you. And here's an example in my own life too. I'm remarried. And um, just a couple weeks ago, my husband asked me if I wanted to go see this movie. Oh, it was the Star Wars movie. I am not into Star Wars. I don't do Star Wars. I just, I can't do it. I'm currently wearing a Star Wars shirt. Oh, that is so funny. (laughs) That is hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. So I said... Well, and you know what? We've found out since we've been married that our taste in movies is actually kind of different. He loves documentaries. He Uh loves Star Wars. He loves the Marvel movies. Uh Um, I'm into, well, I won't get into what I'm into, but I'm just not into that stuff. So um, sometimes we compromise, but this time I was like, I can't, I just don't want to go. And he said, that's cool. So you know what? He didn't, he didn't pout. He didn't get mad. You know what he did? Mm -hmm. He went to the Star Wars movies by himself. (laughs) Amazing. Because that's his right to do that. And it was my right to, so he, He see, that's what I, that's what, that's called mutual respect. That's like, I respect his right to go to a movie by himself. He respects my right to say, no, I don't want to go to that movie. And you know what? The next night we both went to a movie that we both wanted to see. Mm -hmm. So, and there was never any drama around any of that. It was just, we were, we're both adults, but see, I'm comfortable. He's comfortable going to a movie by himself. And I'm comfortable saying, no, I don't want to go to that movie. And, and it, that's, that's a good relationship. That's healthy. Yeah. It's the way it's supposed to work. And that was the, I've talked about this before. It's the same situ- situation in my uh, former relationship where my husband was an extremely picky eater and he would make this big show of letting me um, pick where we wanted to go at, for a restaurant. And then if I would like genuinely pick where I actually wanted to go instead of anticipating where I thought he would want to go he would find all sorts of reasons why that wasn't a good place to go. And it just ended up being this horrible mix of manipulation. And he, like, I, I felt sad because I didn't get to go where I wanted to go, but then happy because I was making him happy and it was just so unhealthy. Right. It, yeah, that's a great example of how it goes the wrong way. Yeah. Um, So my last thing that I want to say then is if you feel like you haven't done that, that hard work and you are still working on that and need to, that's one of the things that we do in the flying free sisterhood group. We have courses, there's expert workshops, we have, um, coaching through office hours, you know, lots of group coaching opportunities and you get to hear other people be coached and you get to be coached. And yeah. this is how we grow. And this is how we learn. One of the things that we, that I really try to get people, I want people to go, I say, let's go from crawling to flying. But another way of putting that is let's go from being children to being adults. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. An adult is not going to tolerate, um, is not going to put up with crappy behavior. Yeah. A kid will, because a kid wants love. We want attention or not a, well, not, yeah, well, we want love, yeah. we want acceptance. All of it. An adult wants love and acceptance too, but they're not going to take it at the expense of respect and self-respect and, um, you know, at, 
at, at the expense of losing their autonomy or their adulthood or their freedoms. They're not going to yeah. compromise in that way. Where a kid, a child will do that. So the problem is that many of us, we either grew up in homes where we weren't allowed to grow up, where our development was arrested as children because we weren't given the things that we needed to become adults, mm-hmm. or we did. We were in healthy families, but we married someone who kind of brought, put us, and we got into involved in religious environments that basically taught us that we are children, or that we, you know, that we are less than, and that we need to be taken care of, and we need to have someone tell us what to do, and mm-hmm. we are not capable of making our own decisions, and all of that. So, anyway, yeah. we could. I don't want to go down that rabbit trail now because our time is up. But I just wanted to say, to put in a plug for the Flying Free Sisterhood. It's not open right now. But it opens up at the end of February again. So, and you can always get on the waiting list at joinflyingfree.com. You know, Natalie, and one final thing before we go that part, that growing up for me, what involved learning how to respect myself enough that my idea of attraction was no longer, I, I like him because he's mean to me, like in a sort of a joking way. That was my entire relationship with my ex-husband. I was attracted to him because he was mean to me. And so wow, and now my, like my, the 50 sh- or 30 sh- or what is that? However many shades of gray. Oh, God. You know, that whole uh, well, concept. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, not the weird, the horrible. Like, I, I know. I know. Yeah. Just, I just mean the concept of like wanting to be. Um, degraded? well not degraded but ruled over or taken yeah. by force or yeah. i don't know i don't i but, unfortunately yeah. well not for unfortunately fortunately i've never read those books so i don't know yeah. anything about them but i've just heard that they kind of they kind of they tap into uh, our base desire to be um to be controlled or there's something that's it, it's not a healthy desire but it's no. definitely inbred in us as human beings as human beings, we struggle with that. Females, we we struggle with wanting to be kind of overpowered. And when God really wants to set us free from that and learn how to be empowered. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the result of the curse. That's not God's original design for us, but that's what happens with sin in the world. And, um, yeah, the way it, it manifested itself for me was I thought that his, you know, his whole world that we lived in and his ideas about things and his, you know, mockery of me. I thought that was leadership. I thought that was like just him having such a strong personality. Actually, no, it was the opposite of those things. Yeah. Uh, so I I am so thankful my my husband now is kind and tender and and it just it it resonates so deeply within me and it, it just makes me love him so much in ways that like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to experience. Right. So I'm just grateful for that. Let me just clarify for people. Cause it kind of sounded like your other husband changed into this wonderful person. No, there's two separate men here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the way yeah, it went. The other so. guy stayed the same. This is yep. a new guy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for um, listening to this episode of the Flying Free Podcast. Until next time, fly free. 